0: The irony is, he is both medicine and physician. Lamb and high priest. He's the medicine and the pharmacist.
1: Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today as We're going to be wrapping up our message from Jeremiah 8 called, Is There a Doctor in the House? And, uh, Pastor, we began a few days ago taking a look at the fact that we all are sick. We all have this disease of sin. And because of that, we do need to, in a sense, take the medicine. But we need to know what the right medicine is to take. And, And interesting that the person prescribing the medicine is also the medicine. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Help us understand that a little bit more and pack that a little bit further for us. Uh, Yeah. Well, when you begin to look at our
0: Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, he's a healer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does the healing from beginning to end. And so it's a great analogy if you want to comprehend the fact that we do need him Mm -hmm. because he is the doctor He's called the great physician, but he is the medicine, the balm in Gilead. Now we say in the message, and we probably already said it, but see, the balm was imported and uh, it wasn't endemic to Gilead. They had to bring it in. And so it's just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not from earth. He was imported from heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, the liquid comes from a tree. But you have to cut the tree in order to get the resin. That's the crucifixion. So you have the incarnation, Christ coming into the world. You have the crucifixion, uh, him dying on the tree, shedding his blood, and then his blood, you know, the purchase price to redeem us from the slave market of sin. Uh, the songwriter said it this way. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So when you begin to look at him, he is the great I am. Now, here's what I learned right here when I matriculated at Moody in English 101, Dr. Vinson, that if you have a pronoun and the verb to be i am it takes a predicate nominative in other words the predicate nominative boils down what the i am is but jesus just says i am why because he doesn't want us putting him in a box mm-hmm. you see he is omniscient but he's also omnipresent you know and so right. and so you can add your own predicate nominative what do you need him to be I need him to be my provider. I am Jehovah Jireh. I need him to be my peace. I am Jehovah Shalom. You get it. You just put your own predicate nominative and get this. Since there are times when uh, my predicate nominative must change, then I just need
1: I am because I don't know when I'm going to need him to be what I need him to be. Well, as you just said, the thing is, he is whatever we need him to be. I am. So I am. I love that. Hey, if you can, grab a Bible and join us in Jeremiah chapter 8 as we uh, wrap up this message. Is there a doctor in the house? Here is Pastor Ford. Galatians
0: 6.1. Brethren. If a man be overtaken in his fault, you which are spiritual, not everybody, ye which are spiritual, not just any old body, ye that are spiritual, not just your friends, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. In a spirit of... Restore, resnap the broken bone. In a spirit of meekness. Here's what you do. The truth. Boom. Snap that bone. But in meekness. Why? Considering yourself. Why? Lest you also be... Because there go I, say, for the grace of God. How do you want somebody to restore you? And that's what he's doing. Things aren't well for Israel. And uh, the perspective of the prophet is this. Here's what I need you to understand. Things aren't well for you, Israel. You're going through a difficult time. And, And they're not experiencing God's best, and they're blaming God for it. And he's saying, you think God has buried you. He hasn't. And there's some single mom in here who lost one of her two jobs and can't make her ends meet now and said, God, you said you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Well, what's my issue? You're on your way to the divorce court and you did everything to try to save that marriage. You're in the married class. You even came to marriage Monday when the Smiths were here. And on and on it goes. And Jeremiah tells us You're not buried, you're planted. Now walk with me, walk with me. You're not buried, you're planted. See, a lot of you think you're buried. You're not buried, you're planted. You think it's, oh, no, 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 no. So what's the difference? Let me walk down with you. See, buried is forever. Planting is only temporary. You ain't under the ground uh, forever. And so then both burying and planting covers you in dirt. Anybody ever been covered in dirt? And usually what is the dirt? The dirt is the hate that people do to you. The dirt is the slight that people do. The dirt is the wrong that's been done. And so a whole lot of us have been covered with dirt. But we need to realize that dirt covers you when you're buried. But dirt cultivates you when you're planted. So when you're buried, it's an interment, But when you're planted, it's an incubator. Y'all see the difference? Yeah. See, when you're buried, the purpose is finality. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. But when you're planted, the purpose is fruitfulness. Because what happens? You're buried, uh, but you're the seed of God. And you get uh, nourishment from the hate. Uh, uh, 18, last time we did it, uh, 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 when we talked about criticism, that was a couple years ago. But remember, I told you one day I sat down and I said, What are the benefits of being criticized, being hated on? And I gave you 18 good things about being criticized, 18. You ain't got time for them now, but I could tell you one of them. It lets you know what people think of you. Whatever their criticism is, analyze it, deal with what's true, but now you see how they see you, on and on it goes. And so what happens? When you're buried, it's over. But when you're planted, it's the beginning. Because what happens? Uh, the dirt's on you. And, and who knows how long it's going to be on you. It determines what kind of seed it is. Y'all ain't praying with me in here. This boy teaching tonight. Yes, I am. It depends on what kind of seed it is. What is God trying to produce? And then what happens? As the nutrients from the dirt, that's right, from the hate. And the watering of the word. And the, and the heat of the Holy Spirit. Cultivated. First you break through the ground. Then your branches go up. Then you produce fruit. And now. You're over. What you used to be under. Hallelujah. Wallace Johnson. What's the best day of your life? Well, there's a song. Remember this song? You got to keep your H-E-A-D-U-P and never G-I-V-E-U-P. Anybody remember that song? Y'all don't listen to gospel? Y'all don't remember that song? I think it was the Soul Children of Chicago, too. Y'all, be be shame yourself. Yeah, they had a song. Keep your H-E-A-D-U-P and never G-I-V-E-U-P. Okay, for those of you who can't spell... I said, keep your head up and never give up. Amen. And so what's happening here? Uh, Wallace Johnson, tell me the worst day of your life when I was fired from the lumber mill that I worked for and was managing. Wallace Johnson, tell me when was the best day of your life when I was fired from the lumber yard uh, that I worked at and was managing. Well, how can your worst day also be your best day? Because I went home told my wife what had happened. And my wife said, don't worry about it. I've got enough that I've saved. See, there ain't a whole lot of wives could say this, that I saved from the money you gave me. It's enough for you to invest in what you've always dreamed of doing. And so Wallace Johnson teamed up with uh, Wilson, and they opened Holiday Inn. Hmm. Bernie Marcus, what's the worst day of your life when I was fired as CEO of Handy Andy? Uh, Bernie Marcus, what's the best day of your life when I was fired as CEO of Handy Andy? Well, wait a minute. How can your worst day also be your best day? Because I didn't know what to do. Here's what he said, I quote, I was drowning in my own sorrow, going several nights at a time without sleeping. Then here's what happened. He got a call from the CEO of a bank he said, you remember me? He said, yeah, I remember you. He said, I heard what happened to you. It wasn't right. He said, "And I want you to know if you have another venture, I'm going to work with you on your venture. Now, let me tell you why that guy called me. Remember when we were talking from Hebrews and we said, choose right relationships, you know, preparation for your destination, that you don't know what people God are going to use to bless you, so you ought to treat everybody right? Even people you say, I don't like them. That might be the very person that's going to bless you. Well, guess what? This guy called him because he was so nice and kind to him when he was down and out. And now he called him. And so Bernie Marcus started Home Depot with a loan that he got from that brother. See what he's trying to get them to understand? Man, I mean, what's going on? There are two rhetorical questions. Listen to them. Is there no bomb in Gilead? And somebody pointed out, "Is there is italicized?" So you can read it like the original: "No bomb in Gilead. No physician there." What's the answer? Yes, yes. How do we know that? Because he says, "Why then?" So it calls for the answer. It's a rhetorical question.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called "Is There a Doctor in the House?" from Jeremiah chapter eight, and we're going to get back to this teaching in just a moment. You know, maybe as you're listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, you realize that you don't have that relationship with Jesus that he talks about, that he's not your great physician, that he's not your balm in Gilead. Well, if you've got questions about what it means to begin a relationship with Jesus, to know that your sins can be forgiven, to know that your eternity with him in heaven can be secure, and to know that you can grow and know him now, then I'd encourage you to call and talk with someone at this toll-free number. It's one 888 need Him. That's one eight eight eight. need him Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford.
0: Here's what he wanted them to have. Listen to it. He wanted them to have determined optimism in the midst of detrimental opposition. He wanted them to say, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. He wanted them to say, even though I'm in this situation, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He wants them to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He wanted them to say, we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are the called according to his purpose. So this is a sarcastic, or these are sarcastic rhetorical questions. What do you mean by that? Okay, I'm trying to get you to understand how they would look at this. Because we ask them too, and here's what they sound like. Did you go to public school? Did you forget to take your medication this morning? Did your mama drop you on your head when you was a baby? That's the impress of these questions on those people. In in, in other words, what is your problem? And that's what I'm saying, Christ's Bible. What is our problem? We've got everything uh, that three-fourths of the Christians in the world don't have. What we're doing right now in Syria and in in about 60 other countries, you could be killed for coming here and talking about Jesus openly and publicly. And we've got people who don't even come. The privilege of prayer and don't use it. The ability to openly worship and don't come. And then wonder why God ain't doing something in your life. Wow. Then notice thirdly. The power of the prescription. And so the rhetorical questions are asked, yes, yes, why? Look at this. Let me just cut the chase. I can get out of here. The balm, you with me, was imported to Gilead from Arabia. It was called the Mecca balsam. And it came from a small evergreen tree. And the tree had to be cut to get the resin out of it. And it was used for a large variety of illnesses and diseases, and it exuded a sweet-smelling aroma. What's the power of the prescription? We see it in the word recovered. I got to read this word. I got to read this word. Here's what it means in the Hebrew. Get this, get this. The word literally means to cause to ascend up to arise up, to break up, to bring up, to carry up, to cast up, to climb up, to come up, exalt, excel, fetch up, get up, go up, grow up, increase. Just translate all these in. I don't got time to say them all. There are about 30 more words that they use. Why haven't they come up, grown up, built up? Prayed up. If this is the case, we have all of this, then why don't we have the concomitant benefits of that? That's the power of the prescription. It's able to do two things because the text tells us this and I can't talk about it. Number one, it's unique. Number two, it's universal. It's power to get you out of the club into the church. It's power for you to quit your girlfriend, go back to your wife. It's power to get you to cut off TV and go back in the kitchen and cook something. Sometimes It's power. It's power. And and get this, and get this, and get this. It was universal, so they didn't use it just for one illness. Anybody grew up like I grew up? Castor oil was the cure-all. Oh, my stomach don't feel right. Come here, let me get some castor oil. Oh, I got a headache. Come and get you some castor oil. Or, castor oil, one of the other person said, well, for me, it was goose grease. Got a burn, goose grease. Got stung by a bee, goose grease. Got the measles, goose grease. Got chicken pops, goose grease. And here's what got me. Most of the time, it worked. <laughs> here it is, and I, I got to finish up. The presence of the physician... The presence of the physician. Now notice this. The irony is he is both medicine and physician. Lamb and high priest. He's the medicine and the pharmacist. Man, I don't have time to tell you all this. So I was going to tell you about what happened with Sister Lyles one time when she was in the hospital. And doctor said, you got to have a procedure. She said, explain it to me. He told the nurse, go get the manual on that procedure. And Sister Lyle looked at him and said, what'd you tell her? I told her, go get the manual on the procedure. She said, you got to be crazy. I I got you. You've been getting me, and so now I got you. She said, you ain't getting me because I was getting ready to call Artie and tell him to come get me up out of here. But what's he saying? He's there. What's wrong? They don't see him because they don't sense him. The doctor is there. The medicine is ready. All you got to do is just surrender to him. Take your medicine. Take your medicine. Hey, look, he's there. He's there. He said, lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So let me tell you what's going on here. Lo is a positive presence. Why do you say that, Pastor Ford? You don't need lo. Lo calls your attention. When you look at the pericope, it starts at verse 16, goes all the way down to verse 20. Lo is the high point, not the low point. We think the Great Commission is the high point. No, it isn't. Lo! Everything I said, now I want you to take a, really take a look at this. No! It's a positive presence because it's Jesus Christ. I, it's a powerful presence. Why? It's emphatic. I and I alone. It's me. Yeah, as long as you got me. It's a present presence. Am is the verb to be. Present tense of the... So it is a present presence. With... It's a pastoring presence. Where you get that from? From the word that he uses, pros, P-R-O-S, with. First uh, John, we have an advocate, pros, with the Father. It literally means face-to-face. So it is a pastoring presence. You, it's a personal presence. God is concerned about you, get this. God's relationship with you as an individual is unique in the history of the world and in the destiny of the world. In other words, no one was ever born, is born now, or will ever be born, will have a relationship with God exactly like yours. Nobody. Then it is always a perpetual presence, even to the end of the age, a permanent presence. Now, what's the difference? Always he wants you to know, I'm here, I make the promise, and I'm with you as you're traveling. To the end of the age means when you get there, I'm still there with you. I carry you to where I was to spend all eternity with you. And so here it is, and I got to close now. Did you see it? It's a picture of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Uh, Is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? What a beautiful picture of our salvation and our Savior, Uh, because remember, you had to go to Arabia to bring it into Gilead, because it wasn't resident in Gilead. That tree wasn't resident there, and Christ wasn't resident here. He's the King of glory. He came from heaven to earth, and so he had to be imported here to earth. And then it was a tree, an evergreen tree, which represents the deity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do you know that? Because the tree that gave the resin was evergreen, which means it's in the winter, it was green. In the fall, it was green. In the spring, it was green. In the summer, it was always green, representing the deity of Jesus Christ in his life-giving capacity, that he always has the ability to give life because he is life. And the tree had to be cut. You ain't praying with me. It represents the crucifixion of Christ. And then when the resin came out, uh, it was a resin that would cure not just one disease, but a large variety of illnesses and diseases. And guess what? It smelled sweet. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2 says that Christ's death is a sweet-smelling savor to the Father. And so, you know, if I was preaching out of hoop, I'd say, I'd say William Cooper got discouraged. His mother died. His daddy died. Everybody left him. He was studying law and was so nervous he didn't pass the bar. He didn't know what to do. He got depressed and then he found out that he had an answer. He wrote a song to testify that God gave him the answer and set him up on a solid rock even in the midst of his discouragement and depression. Here's what he wrote. There is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge Beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. Lose all their guilty stain. Lose all their guilty stain. Bless the truth of our hearts, our Father. We pray for Christ's sake.
1: Amen. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called, Is There a Doctor in the House? And if you've missed part of today's program or the previous few programs based on Jeremiah chapter 8, you can always listen online, come to our website, It is treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, as someone tunes in and listens to Moody Radio, not only are they going to hear this Bible teaching program, but just a, a wide array or variety of programming that can really be used to encourage and help them grow in their walk with Christ.
0: Oh, yes. And you're going to hear things that are going to build you up in your most precious faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, it's amazing to me. Uh, I say it all the time. But, you know, sometimes what we do is uh, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to amass bills we can't pay to please people we don't like and don't care anyway. Hmm. We are going to be held accountable for our stewardship. Isn't it amazing that we can send it ahead uh, by giving to Moody Radio? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's an investment that draws a dividend that has eternal consequences. And I, I mean, when you invest in Moody Radio, you are actually investing
1: in the only two things that last forever, the Word of God and the souls of men and women. Well, you can make an investment right now by coming to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. We need both the ongoing monthly gifts and the one-time gifts. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Thanks for giving and for listening. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.